Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Luke. You may be seated. We begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called us to this place of rest where we might sit and receive your word. Father, we confess to you today that we are distracted by many things that are not you and our lives are hard-pressed at times to listen to what you have to say. And so, Lord, we pray this day that you would open our ears as we sit at the feet of Jesus' word so that we might hear your word in faith and be strengthened for the days ahead. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you are ready for this this morning. But right now, you are in what might be a very scary position for you. Because you see, right now, you are sitting down doing nothing. And that is right where Jesus wants you. He's got you where he wants you today, doing nothing. Now, you might be doing something. You might be trying to stay awake right now, and that's, that's understandable. But you see, there's no escaping it now. You've got nowhere else to go. You might try and get up and leave, but if you do, we'll all stare at you, and that will be very embarrassing. <laughs> so you're stuck. Jesus has you stuck here. He's got you right where he wants you, sitting, doing nothing. The primary ideal position of a disciple. And now be honest. This isn't exactly where you necessarily want to be this morning, because right now you're probably thinking of all the other things you could be busy doing. You know, you could be at the grocery store. You could be running kids around uh, to all the different soccer camps they need to go to. There's so many other things to be doing at this very moment. You are a very busy person, and there's much to do. You'd rather be doing something impressive. You'd rather be performing, creating, and whatever you would be doing, you would rather be receiving feedback right now because feedback is what we're after, and not just any feedback. We want to be praised. We want to be acknowledged for what we do. We want our hard work to be noticed and appreciated. We want our families to recognize just how much we are doing for them. We want our boss to see just how much we do give to the company. We want those papers to be graded well so our teachers notice just how much work we put into them. We want to be noticed, appreciated, and praised. And nowhere, I fear, is this more true than in our life as a disciple. We want to be noticed for what we do for Jesus. We want to make an impact for the kingdom. We want to earn that well-done, good and faithful servant on the last day. And so we work at our discipleship. We work at our personal piety. We pray more and we do our devotions more. And we give to all the right causes in the church. We're doing everything to show everybody just how holy we are. And even if they don't notice, at least Jesus will be impressed, right? And maybe if I'm not working in my personal piety, at least I'm doing my discipleship by doing social justice work in the world. I'm fighting all the evils in the world. I'm voting for all the right candidates, I think. And I'm doing all the right work to prove to everybody that I am very good at following Jesus. But even if they don't notice that, Jesus better be paying attention because I can be rather impressive, you see. 
with all the work I'm doing. I'm very busy, and after all, I'm very busy for his sake. I'm doing it all for him. But now you see, now he has you in a position to do nothing. And that's right where he wants you, sitting, doing nothing. But why here? Why this way? When there's so much to be done. Because I'm going to be honest with you, that my busyness in my life, well, that helps me feel like I matter. My busyness gives me value. It's my badge of honor that I wear so others will know just how hard I work. We all know this, right? A, a, busy, a busy parent is a good parent. A busy employee is an effective employee. A busy church is a growing and healthy church. Busy is money. Busy equals value. And boy, I must be valuable because I'm awfully busy. If I want to matter to my family, I need to be busy about serving them. I need to prove my value by my activity. If I want to keep my job, my boss needs to see me active at work. If I want to matter at church, I need to uh, volunteer more. And if I want God to notice me, I'm going to need to perform. Right? Wrong, you see. And this is why Jesus has you right where he wants you today. Because you and I are the sort of people who tend to fear, love, and trust our busyness above all else. And we love to be praised for our performance. And now Jesus has you doing nothing at all, ceasing from work in what we might call a Sabbath rest position beneath his word, which he has sent me to preach to you today. And this word I am to preach to you is to knock that busyness out of your heart and out of your ears so that it might be replaced with Jesus Christ. It was the great 20th century poet W.H. Auden who said this, one of the great tragedies of our time is that we have lost the art of praying and playing. We're far too addicted to our busyness and our performances, and we're far too afraid of what will happen if we stop working, if we stop being busy. And very often I fear that this demonstrates a lack of faith in the God who has promised to care for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, and if he cares for them, how much more will he care for you, he said. He has promised to give us our daily bread. And yet we're busy as though he's never said such things. But we say, all of this busyness, I do it all for him, right? I do it all for his glory, right? Well, so did Martha. She had Jesus over for dinner, after all. She welcomed Jesus into her home, and she was busy with much preparation, and she was exactly how we would think a good disciple would work, doing all of that work for Jesus, preparing all of those meals, cleaning that house, doing everything for Jesus, who is going to be in her midst, working hard, making preparations, all for Jesus. Literally, he was coming to dinner. This was for him. The trouble with Martha was she was so focused on her busyness, she was so focused on the work she was doing for Jesus that she missed the one thing that actually mattered. Jesus, right there in her midst. Her work for Christ had distracted her from Christ. And that is certainly not where Jesus wanted Martha. For he had something to say to her, but she couldn't listen. She was distracted with much serving, the text says. 
No time to pay attention to Jesus. She was too busy preparing for him. And you got to be honest. You all kind of identify with her when she comes to Jesus and says, hey, tell my lazy sister to stop sitting down. Get in there in the kitchen and work with me. First time I ever preached this sermon, uh, this text, I remember after the service, a guy came up to me afterwards and said, fine, Martha was to sit with Jesus. Who made the meal? I said, you've missed the point. He goes, no. Who made the meal? Someone's got to eat. You can't just ignore all the work that has to be done. But you see, this misses the point entirely. And this is just proof that we are all too addicted to our work. We forget that the one thing that matters is Jesus. But she says, get Mary, tell Mary to stand up and get in there and help me. You see, she needed Jesus and she needed Mary to acknowledge her busyness. She needed them to acknowledge all the work she was doing. And you know, a little praise wouldn't hurt as well. So Martha went and committed the greatest sin of all. She tried to draw Mary away from Jesus. She tried to draw Mary into her activities and away from her Lord. But this is the way for anyone who is addicted to her own busyness or to anyone who idolizes his own accomplishments. Perhaps what you're doing is just taking yourself and your work a little bit too seriously. Not that your work isn't serious, not that it's not important. I mean, the work we have in this world, these are things God has called us to. These are vocations we have received so that we might care for his creation and we might love the neighbors he has given to us. However, there is a problem when those things begin to take the place of the Lord. When those things get in the way of us listening to what Jesus has to say to us. You see, we must be reminded that though the Lord has given us work to do in this world, this world does not depend on our work. It depends on His. See, but the world would draw us away. The world would come to us like, it came, like Martha came to Mary and say there's so much more to do. There's so much more to be. And there's so much more you could accomplish if you would just kind of ignore Sunday morning and do some more work. You know, you do work hard during the week. Maybe you could take your nap, be more efficient, sleep in on Sunday morning. And then you could do chores around the house. You could be busy with the things you can't do when you're busy throughout the rest of the week with everything else. You don't really need a 15-minute God lecture and a stale wafer and sip of wine to get through. Just sleep in, enjoy your Sunday. Get some work done. Sit and listen. What a waste of time. But that is the language of the old sinful nature. The old Adam, the old Eve, the old Martha dwelling inside of us who simply won't leave us alone. And that voice needs to be silenced. For you need to be reminded that you do not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I wonder, I wonder if this isn't why in the Old Testament God gives us the commandment to Sabbath. He gives the commandment that tells us to cease from work so that we might finally just stop and listen to what he has to say. He gives us this commandment to Sabbath to remind us that the world depends on his work for us, not our work for it or for him. The Lord gives us the gift of the Sabbath really to take our work away from us. To remind us that he will provide for you in body and in soul. As you see, finally now, once he has you stopping from work, sitting down on your Sunday best and listening, he finally has you in a place where you can recognize this. That the world depends on him, not on you, and that he is speaking now. 
and that nothing else matters when Christ is speaking. Nothing else matters in this world when Christ is present and his word is being proclaimed. Therefore, when when the Marthas of this world, when the world comes to us and tries to draw us away from Christ, Christ will simply not give it up. He will not give you up. He will not let this be taken from you. No matter how enticing the world is, no matter how weak your flesh is, Jesus says to this world and to Martha, listen, Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken from her. It's as though Jesus says to Martha, no, you cannot have her. She is right where she needs to be. And Martha, she's right where you need to be as well. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Because you see, there is where Jesus has something to give. And you, now finally sitting and listening, hearing, are receiving what Jesus has for you. And what Jesus has for you is something that this busyness-addicted world will never give to you. He has a promise, a word of mercy and forgiveness. He comes to you as you sit and do nothing and says, now that you're here, listen up. Your sins are forgiven. I give you the promise of eternal life. The gift of the Holy Spirit is yours, and that Spirit will work through you for the sake of the kingdom. Jesus is, in essence, saying to you and to Martha and to me today, why don't you just sit and join Mary? I have something to say to you. You are distracted by far too many things in this world that are not me. But, Jesus says, I am not distracted. No, I am focused on the Lord's will, and I am focused on you. Jesus says to you today, I am focused on saving you, on forgiving you, on giving you everlasting life. I am focused on defeating Satan and conquering all your foes. Jesus says to you today, I am the God who saves, and I have come to save you. I will provide for you everything you need for life and salvation, the Lord says. In all your work, trust this. I have accomplished everything necessary. In this relationship we have, this salvation he has given, the Lord Jesus says, you've brought nothing to the table. You contributed nothing except, you know, for something for me to forgive, and I've done it. So stop trying to impress me. The Lord says, I already love you completely, perfectly, and eternally. That's what he wanted you to hear this morning. That's why he has you sitting in this seat. So that you might once again hear and receive the good news that your sins are forgiven. And he has promised you everlasting life. The Lord, you see, he is not impressed by your busyness. So today you can just stop. You can come to the altar and let Jesus do all the work. As you come to the altar this morning, you know he's done all the dying for you. He's done all the rising for you. And now he's going to do all the serving for you as he gives you his very body and blood, the good portion for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. And all of this he is going to do for you graciously, by grace alone, apart from your works. And now, With that promise in your ears and in your heart, Jesus has you right where he wants you.
Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you give us a day of rest, a time to sit in your presence and receive your word. Forgive us, Lord, for when uh, the activity of this world would entice us away from you. Forgive us, Lord, when the laziness of our lives would entice us away from you. And grant us, Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ, who forgives our sins and sustains us into life everlasting. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Having heard the word of our Lord, I invite you to rise as we continue by confessing.